Today, um, we're starting a brand new series. We are starting a series called Elephant in the Room. And as we're starting this um, series, this is on an issue that I think plagues so many of us, but there's not a lot of uh, Christian data and resources out there. And basically, what we're going to be talking about the next four weeks is mental health. Mental health, mental illness, anxiety, stress, depression, a lot of the things that so many of us deal with either in and of ourselves or else that people close to us have to wrestle through. And what we want to do is we want to give a very kind of biblical, bird's eye, middle of the road view of how to navigate this stuff that um, honestly, we know so much more about mental health in the brain in the last 30, 40 years than we have at any point in history. Because of CT scans, brainwave scans, MRIs, x-rays, all these different things that we've learned and that we have whole generation of people that come back from wars in the last 80 years that are just, you know, there's been so much trauma and damage and uh, PTSD and these things. So there's just all these things around uh, neuroscience that, that we're learning that are very helpful. And a lot of times in the church, we've avoided it. A lot of times in the church, people are suffering, they're struggling, they're afraid to say, my marriage is a mess, or my mental health is a mess, or I have stress, anxiety, I can't move, I can't get out of bed. Sometimes I I feel like I'm having a heart attack, I'm panicking, I'm failing. And the best move the church has done a lot of times, well, we'll pray for you. Or do we need to cast the demon out of you? Do we need to, um, let's talk about something else. Because really, I don't like talking about that. Our agenda today is Bible study. And the church, in a lot of ways, has messed up because we haven't given the airtime, the attention, the thoughtfulness, or detail to something that so many people are struggling with. And whether you're struggling with it now or not, this is applicable to you. Sorry, I got something in my throat. Um, This is applicable to you because you or someone you love or someone you know will, has, or is dealing with this on some level. So we're gonna do our best to navigate this. So what I want you to do for me is I want you to have a really open mind. I want you to check any offense or whatever at the door and just be open to hearing what the word, what the spirit, what the people sharing have to say. Chew up the meat, spit out the bones. We're gonna swing and miss some. And we're going to do our best to navigate a topic that I, I looked high and low. I could not find a lot of churches giving more than a week or two to this, if any. I mean, I looked high and low. And so we're going to do our best to sift through stuff. We've been talking to some mental health care professionals, people who have dealt with stuff, people that are on our team that are really smart and prayerful, a bunch of different approaches. So I want you to give us grace as we're trying to handle something that's delicate. We don't want to offend anyone. Because there's people all over the spectrum. There's people that are on medicine. There's people that have been on medicine. There's people maybe need to be on medicine. There's people that have no business being on medicine, but they are. Or there's people that are thinking about going on it or don't know how to manage your life. And what we want to do is we want to give as broad spectrum of a view as we can of how we think God wants to relate to us in our mental health. And mental health isn't just for people that are mentally sick. He wants everyone to be healthy. He's a healer. So Jesus, I just ask you today to um, 
Lord, I believe you're speaking to us and I pray you'd speak through us in this series. That whoever's gonna get up here, Lord, that it would be of you. I pray this would be a blessing, not a divisive topic. I pray that our church would have ears to hear. Ears to hear what the, church, what the Spirit's saying to the church through your word, through this series, Lord, through um, just things we're getting in prayer, prophetic things that might come out, Lord. And I pray that there'd be discernment, Lord, to be able to hear what's you and what's not. Lord, we wanna hit it on all cylinders 100% of the time, but chances are we might miss some. So I just pray that there's grace for that and that this is a body building, an edifying series, not a divisive one. We want people to feel joy, not shame. And so Lord, I just, I just repent uh, before you of any way that this church historically has maybe handled things that weren't of you or didn't handle things or where people came in need and they didn't get what they needed. I pray that, Lord, that we would have a brighter future ahead in that, not just in the Vineyard Florence, Lord, but in the church in America and the church in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. So yeah, so we want to repent of the church's dismissal, castigation, cheap, quick fixes of the subject. And we want to do our best to um, present a biblical view. And I think that um, uh, Natalie Breckenridge says this. She says, we have told people that processing your junk isn't spiritual. And we have told people just to pray the anxiety away. I think the church has taken, at times, a way too clinical or a way too spiritual approach. And one of our values, not just in the Vineyard Florence, but in the Vineyard as a whole, is we're on the quest for the radical middle. And we know that Jesus wants us to love him with our heart, our soul, our strength, in our minds. So we want to cover all four facets of that and how we love him and how we talk about discipleship. Because really, discipleship is the process of becoming like Jesus and we know Jesus was balanced. Those four things have to be operating together because that's like balance. Perfection is really balance. And we want to um, stay away from making people feel like they're losers or they're less than, or they're impossible cases because you're going through a rough bout or maybe you've had a hard life. Because a lot of us didn't pick a lot of the things we've walked through, right? We haven't picked untimely death. We haven't picked people molesting us or we haven't picked parents that were verbally, physically, spiritually, emotionally abusive. A lot of us didn't pick maybe being overweight as a child and having people endlessly make fun of us or having bad teeth. I had terrible teeth, man. I could have eaten like some watermelon through a tennis racket. And every time I got on the bus, kids reminded me of that. And I just, you know, I'd buck teeth. I didn't ask for it. Some people don't ask to be cross-eyed. People don't ask to be really tall. They don't ask to be really small. You don't ask to be the color you are. You don't ask to be born into the socioeconomic strata you're born into. A lot of times we just come with stuff we didn't ask for. Now I'm not saying that we never bring things on ourselves, but a lot of things that happen to us, we didn't ask for. And a lot of times we get stigmatized, brutalized, abused, abandoned, whatever, and it causes stuff in our minds and we just start hitting on the wrong cylinders at the wrong time, and we don't develop, develop the proper um, synapses to deal with the trauma, the pain, the skewed worldview, the addictions, the rampages we saw people go on, 
maybe being shuffled around in foster care or that you, I don't know, maybe you were adopted. We, we go through stuff and we didn't pick it. We didn't pick it. And we want to be sensitive to the fact that a lot of people are carrying a lot of baggage and a lot of pain. A lot of people are. And we know a lot of people have come to the church seeking help only to get more abused, maybe by just being locked down, maybe by being pushed to the side, maybe by being over-spiritualized, or maybe you had someone that really tried to help you that did their best, but they had shortcomings because they weren't a mental health professional, a trained counselor, or they didn't know how to discern what was a physical thing, what was a demonic thing, what was like a habitual thing. And we're also gonna tell you in this series, there's a lot of stuff that you might be dealing with upstairs that can be changed if you change some habits. Like, do you know eating too many carbohydrates can make you sleep terrible? Do you know making you sleep terrible can make you more prone to acting out, to anger, to violence, to frustration, to um, seeking other coping habits? So really, if we just maybe chose better food, you're like, oh, I'm a meat and potatoes guy. Well, maybe if you were a meat and veggies guy, you would have, you'd be health, healthier mentally. Seriously, there's research that shows us that. Because a lot of us, there, there can be people who can have a vitamin D or a vitamin E or a vitamin B or a vitamin K deficiency, and it can make you feel crazy. So not everything in our bodies that's happening is always the cause of like some untreatable illness that we have to be on a prescription the rest of our lives. And we're gonna talk about pills, we're gonna talk about meds, um, but we're, we're not gonna give prescriptions here besides we're gonna talk about the love of Jesus. And so I'm giving this long intro to say, I know this is a delicate uh, topic, but we also know that um, people need more than what the churches and the medical professions have given. And what generally people have gotten are, and you can put this on the screen, are platitudes, prescriptions, pills, or placated in some way. Placated in like, oh, it's just, it's, it's just okay, you're a victim. You're a victim. You just go deal with that, and, 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 and you're a victim. You have every right to be angry, to be hateful, to be spiteful, to smoke all the weed you want, or drink all, like, all you want, or treat everyone however you want, because you're a victim. And I have better news for you. If Jesus paid it all, we don't have to live that way. So a lot of times getting rid of bitterness gets rid of systemic disease in our lives. A lot of autoimmune conditions are caused by bitterness and anxiety. Do you know that? So you can have physical things that manifest that are the result of stress or unmanaged pain. That's, that's real. So the way we care for ourselves Sleeping enough, eating well, exercising. Do you know breathing is really important? It's really important. How we care for our temple, the temple God gave us to love, we love our neighbor as ourselves. And a lot of us don't love ourselves very well, and it's no wonder why we have a hard time loving others or feeling healthy. But... We would rather respond to platitudes, prescriptions, pills, and placation with prayer, with presence, with patience, with purpose, and perspective. And I want you to know that um, we want to take a gentle approach to this topic. 
Uh, Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. <clears throat> Do you know, in the research that I've been doing and looking at in my own mental health journey, that's been extensive the last 10 years or 11 years, really the last 17 years, but is so much of our pain and our waste and stuff we're stuck in is disconnection as well as poor habits. There's a lot of things that we'll never get through alone. And we're gonna need at times someone to confess, to share our lives with, to share our pain with, to share our grief with, to share our anger with. <clears throat> or there's gonna be people that we need to share with a counselor. You need to share with a pastor. You need to share with a therapist. You need to see a psychiatrist. A lot of times we need that connection and so many people that are dealing with mental illness, even if they have connection and people around them, deal with it alone. Deal with, them, deal with it alone. They do everything they can to hide it, to lie, to paper trail, to cover their tracks. <clears throat> or you walk in here on a Sunday morning, like, I got it together. I'm great. Everything is awesome. Like, I'm Legoland people. And the only part that's right of it, it's cool when you're part of a team. That's the part of that song that's true. It's cool when you're part of a team because together, that's where we can find healing. And neuroscience experts all over the world realize that one of the best mechanisms for people to grow, change, and heal is together. So maybe you have terrible eating habits. Maybe you, have, maybe you drink like a fish Maybe you're, you could give Cheech and Chong a run for their money. Whatever it is, <clears throat> one of the best ways to break a habit is an accountability, is with someone else. Someone else to hold you to it, to help you. Maybe they want to break it too. Maybe they want to be a little tighter in the cage. Maybe they want to wake up earlier. Maybe they want to clean their house better. Maybe they want organization. We're better together. And we overcome better together when we step into what God has with honesty and transparency, vulnerability and humility on both sides. We wanna, <clears throat> we wanna offer hope graciously and gracefully. And the reason we emphasize house groups, coming discipleship groups, celebrate recovery, youth group, kids ministry, we emphasize this stuff so much because we know there's safety in the herd. We have an enemy that hates us and wants to pick us off. And his best move oftentimes is to isolate. It's way easier for the lion to pick off the straggling uh, like wildebeest that's down by the water alone. Or that's sick and slower. But even the sick and slower ones, when the group comes around it, it, it forms an, impenetra an impenetrable force shield that keeps out, out the enemy. And so wherever you are in your journey, if you're isolated, if you're ill, injured, ignored, indigent, and international, incarcerated, whatever, all the eyes we talked about, <clears throat> the best, the best uh, witness we can often offer is our withness. Is doing this with other people. Because we know most mental illnesses and challenges and addictions faster and grow where there's disconnect. 
If there's something you do secretly, often, you have an addiction. If when you go to the bathroom, if you like endlessly shop and you don't always tell your spouse about it or that you shop maybe beyond uh, your means, you may have a shopping addiction. A way out of that is confession to maybe the person you share a checkbook or a life with or confession to a group of friends to hold you to that. Or maybe you sneak and you eat from the cookie jar. Or maybe you secretly drink alone or you stop and get some on the way home. Maybe you fill that thing up that looks like just a water bottle, but it's vodka. When I was growing up as a kid, my stepdad was always drinking something, and it just, we thought he was drinking water, and he was tanking vodka. And we were wondering where the money was going. And when we moved out of the house, looked up on the um, top of a, of the, um, up in the scuttle hole, up in the garage, and it was vodka bottles, like, it looked like a liquor store. That's where our money went. That's why we had to move all the time. And he never admitted, but it was drinking alone. That mold grows in the darkness, in our minds, in our bodies, in our lives, in the kingdom, and we expose it by confessing to each other. Either confessing our sin or our struggle or our challenges or pain, that's how we grow and heal. And we want to be a church that lightens loads, not puts them on them. Jesus said to the Pharisees in Matthew 23, he said that there are people who's coming, and he said, he said the problem is, 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 is you're getting people, and he said, and you're putting loads on them that are too heavy. He said, you put laws, rules, stipulation, and a lot of times, like the church does without even knowing it, because we walk in, and everyone's got to be great. It's all got to be perfect. It's all got to be set, and everything has to be ordered and organized, and we wind up putting a load on people that they're one thing here, but then there's another thing, the other 166 hours a week. And we put a load on people. And Jesus said, the problem with you teacher laws is you put these burdens on people and you yourselves will not lift a finger to bear it. Church, we need to be people that bear each other's burdens. That can stop for the one. That have margin in our lives. Now, I'm all for boundaries, but some of us, boundaries, we make ourselves little demagogues and where others can't get in and ultimately the spirit doesn't get in either because we control every part of our day, every part of our lives. And we want to offer hope, restoration to the broken, needy, hurting, battling, and the lost. We want to be a shelter from the storm. We don't want to be a place once a week where the ivory tower lets the drawbridge down and all the wicked can come on in. Oh ye sinners. We, we don't want to be that kind of place. We'd rather be a shelter from the storm, a lighthouse. We'd rather be a place that's way less a country club for the perfect than more of a gas station for people on empty or a hospital for the sick. It's okay to come in here limping and dragging and be like, How's it going? Dude, my week freaking sucked. My marriage is on the rocks. I lost my job. I can't find my way home. I can't quit looking at this porn. I can't quit eating. I can't stop lying. I want to fight everyone who pulls in front of me. Like, listen, let's just get honest. The truth sets us free. And a lot of us are so full of crap 
that we are deluded and that Jesus can't even get in because we're trying to put this facade up. It's not all awesome. A lot of times it sucks. And a lot of times we're wondering if we're ever going to make it or how we're going to do it. And man, it's only going to come if we are willing to go first and share our crap, share our pain. And then if the other person hearing it's willing to listen. That's what we need. So if we want to be a mentally healthy church, we want to be mentally healthy people. We have to be shelters from the storm, not castles with drawbridges, only for the elite. My friend Lynn uh, made this graphic, if we'll show that graphic of what, how Jesus wants us to love him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So we, we want to have, one of the keys to mental health, like I said, is healthy relationships. And you cannot have a healthy relationship with someone if there's lies, if there's deceits, if there's untold secrets, if there's umbrage, if there's uh, a relational dissonance that's never covered. You can't have that. Just like your spiritual life, if you never go to Jesus or meet with him and you never care for your soul, it's gonna be hard to be mentally healthy. Or if your mind, our thoughts. Anyone's had a bag of cats like mine is? Dude, I got some of the weirdest junk coming in my head and there's some of it that is weird. Some of it is like sinful. Some of it's godly. Some of it's, I'm still trying to figure it out. But like we... We need connection, but, but I want to love Jesus with my heart, with my relationships, with my soul. I want to love him with my temple. I want to love him with my mind. Joyce Meyer says the church needs overcomers. We talked about last week overcoming by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. It says that those, and they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even when faced with death. We want to be a church of overcomers. We all have stories to share. I would love to have a testimony story that someone shares next week or a couple weeks or a month. Like, dude, I got up and I tried to share the gospel with someone and I fumbled. I was a jerk or I sounded like an idiot or I was maybe as eloquent as Billy Graham and they just told me no thanks. We want to celebrate going for it, not just success. And one of the mental health barriers a lot of times is we live in such a perfectionistic um, kind of society where everything is like social media. We post our best stuff out there. If we can learn to like rip open our chest a little bit and show what's inside and share our failures, share our stories, share our efforts, that's a healthier environment. And there's hope to overcome in Jesus. And like I said, Oftentimes, mental health can be approached. I want to tell you this in, in closing. Mental health can be approached in a bunch of ways. I would tell you, if you're, if you're on medicine, that's okay. If you're thinking about going on medicine, I would tell you that's never the first move. It's never the first move to jump to medicine because there are so many things that are seasonal struggles or maybe trauma we've never worked through, that if you get a counselor and you get people around you that love you and you're willing to take the time, you can make it through that. Or maybe there's stuff like you're in a rough bout like in your marriage, or maybe you need to change eating and that will not happen in a week. 
maybe you need to get better rhythms of sleep. I'm not against drugs and medicine. I'm not against taking a sleeping pill if you can't sleep. But you don't want that to be the rest of your life because that stuff, your body wasn't exactly made for that. And that's going to have physical effects while trying to treat your mind. So we're, we want to take a whole person approach first. I would say the first move would generally be how connected am I? What are my physical habits? Is there someone I can talk to? Is there a group that I need to be part of? Is there just, do I need to cry? Do I need to share? Do I need to slow down? Some people have mental illness stuff because they never have any margin. And life life is so stressful. It's just one, like, you know, it's like the tyranny of the urgent. So start with prayer. Start with developing a deeper life of spiritual discipline. Start with connecting with other people. And if that's not enough, talk to one of the pastors on staff here. Talk to a counselor. Talk to a mental health professional. Try to work the stuff out before you put new stuff in. And then if that doesn't work, sometimes people need a pill. There's nothing wrong. Like just some, there are some people that no matter what they do, they're, they're some, they have a chemical imbalance. And that's okay. We're not going to make fun of you if you're on that. We're not going to make fun of you if you're thinking about it. I would say that's not generally the first move, but it, it is a move. That's okay. And maybe you're on medicine for a while, or maybe you're on it the rest of your life. Whatever the case is, we want to do this trying to treat the whole person, heart, soul, body, and mind. Not just treat the mind. Just like we don't want to just treat the body. Just like we don't want to just treat the soul. Just like we don't want to just treat marriages and relationships. We want to treat the whole, peop- whole person because we're trying to make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. We're a truth and grace-based place. So we want to come. It said Moses came with the law. We're not just going to come out with, to you with a list of to-dos. We'll tell you the truth. We'll be honest. But there's also loads of grace to fail and work through this stuff. No one who ever worked through something really hard did it in a day. Now, you might find out one day, and that changes everything, but you'll have to take a long time to work that out. So we're going to have some counselor information. We have little things back there that you can grab on the way out. Um, we'll have some stuff on the screen. But we also want to start with prayer. Like, if you need prayer today, if prayer teams come up, if you want prayer, if you're just in a tough place, Wherever you are, maybe this is impacting you for the first time. You've never even addressed any of your inner pain or trauma or mental health or you're perfectionistic or whatever stuff that you're dealing with. Maybe it's new to you. Or maybe you're 50 years down the road and you're like, I am still trying to work this out. Wherever you are, we, we want to be here for you today. So we'd love to pray with you. If someone, um, we'll just play some music. And if you got to get kids or you got Mother's Day planned, have at it, but, but if you also just want some prayer, we would love to pray with you because we're taking this stuff seriously. So I'll miss you guys the next couple weeks, but you will have a great lineup of people who are here holding the fort down and um, will be visiting with you on Sundays as well. So Jesus, I just ask you to be with people struggling, to be with people that are confused or people longing for breakthrough or people just needing a fresh drink of water that need some friends, Lord, that maybe our bodies are terribly unhealthy, it's impacting our minds, or maybe we can never get some of the physical stuff because our minds are broken. Lord, would you just meet us wherever we are today in our heart, our soul, 
our bodies, our minds. Will you meet us there today, Jesus? Will you help us love you with our whole person? And Lord, would you just, um, just bless this church? Let us be a blessing to people. Let us be a shelter from the storm. When we're hurting, let this, sh- this church feel like a shelter from the storm. And when other people are, let us be the ones who welcome them in, who turn the light on, who send the rope out, who go pull them in. So we love you and we bless you. We thank you for moms. We thank you for fathers. We just thank you for what you're doing. As I love that prayer um, that, uh, uh, that Lord Hannah said is just that you're, you're all of it. You're whatever we need. You're a mother. You're a father. You're a friend. You're a Lord. You, you have it all. Be our counselor. You say the Holy Spirit's a counselor. Guide us to the truth today and in this series. In Jesus' name we pray, Father. Amen.